Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what a joy it is to be with you again. Today is Thursday, April 16th. We continue in this Easter season in rejoicing over the gift of life that God has given us in Easter victory in His Son, Jesus Christ. To aid us in our time together, there is a song sheet PDF file link posted below with this podcast episode. Feel free to open that now so that it is ready before we continue in prayer. Let us pray. O God, for our redemption you gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of our enemy. Grant that all our sin may be drowned through daily repentance, and that day by day we may arise to live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Indeed, Jesus lives and we live in him. And so as we remind each other of that joyful reality and proclaim it to the world, I invite you to join in singing the hymn, Jesus Lives, the Victories Won.
This week we continue to make our way through the conclusion of Mark's gospel, taking a look at Mark chapter 16. And so today we look at verses 9 through 20. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them, as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves, as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. That is the text for today. To help us take a closer look, we hear now from Professor Steve Mueller. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Throughout the season of Lent, we've walked through Mark's Gospel, and now we are here at the Easter conclusion. But today's reading puts the most perplexing question of this book in front of us. How does the Gospel of Mark end? There are legitimate questions about this, because the earliest known Greek manuscripts all end right at verse 8, just before today's reading. And our modern translations all note this very carefully. We aren't sure if verses 9 through 20 are original. And that's important because we believe the Bible is the Word of God, so we don't want to overlook questions like this. We do not want to say we're absolutely sure about this if it isn't true. Now, some people are troubled by this, but we don't need to be. You see, we don't hide things like this because we want people to know the few places where there are legitimate questions about a text, because that means we're confident in the rest of the book. The vast majority of the Gospel and the whole New Testament does not have these same kinds of questions. We are confident in the authenticity of the New Testament, and so we're transparent in the few places where there are legitimate questions. But since there are legitimate questions about these verses, we need to be careful. We want to be sure that what we see here and how we apply it is in agreement with the rest of the Bible. Still, these verses reflect what the early church thought about Jesus, and read in context, they easily fit consistently with the other Gospels. So what do we see here in this long ending of Mark? To get that, let's back up a couple verses, into verses about which there was no question. 
Three women go out to Jesus' tomb on the first Easter. They find the grave open and a young man. The other Gospels make it clear that this is an angel. This young man tells them that Jesus is risen. And they were to go and tell the disciples. And then, one of the most depressing verses in the Bible, Mark 16, verse 8. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now clearly there's much more that happened after that. That ending leaves the reader in suspense. What happens next? And that's a good question. Because I can't really fault these first witnesses for being afraid and silent. We've all been there in different ways. Something so unexpected following the traumatic things that they had been through that week, and they just didn't know what to think. And we know from the rest of Scripture that they did end up telling the disciples. But at least at that moment in time, they were frozen in fear and confusion. I get it. We've lived it. When life circumstances get to be too much to bear, when we feel overwhelmed and when we feel like we just can't take any more, it's easy to become stuck in fear and inaction. And here's where the words of this long ending come into play. Now, it's true, I'm not sure about these verses. Personally, I think someone in the early church wrote them summarizing real events that are described in other biblical books so that we wouldn't think that verse 8 was the end. And we do that in any case when we read Mark along with the rest of Scripture. So consider what these verses say. The resurrected Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, and she tells the disciples, but they don't believe her. See, it wasn't just these first three who misunderstood. John 20 tells us this story. Jesus appears to two disciples walking in the country. Luke 24 tells them about this journey. And they tell the other disciples, but still they don't believe. And so Jesus comes to them all. Mark tells us that he rebukes them for their hardness of heart. Why don't you believe? Don't you remember that I told you all of this ahead of time? Read John 20, and you'll find the same sort of thing happening. Why don't you believe? This is the question that these verses would have us ponder. We've heard the word of God. We know Jesus, and yet we doubt. We are afraid. We are timid. It's as if Jesus is saying, what is it going to take for you to trust me on this? You know me. You know my word. Stop doubting, but believe. I rose for you, and I live for you. Now maybe today finds us in fear and doubt. In these strange times, it is so easy to be anxious and fearful. Every time we turn on the news or listen to a press conference, we hear more challenges. We worry. We're not even together in chapel or on campus because of this pandemic. And so it's easy to be afraid. 
to forget. And in that, we're not alone. The disciples faced this, and Jesus did not give up on them. He kept appearing. He kept coming to his people, just like he keeps coming to us. Just like he does not give up on you. And look at how these verses frame what happens afterward. Jesus rebuked his disciples for their unbelief, but the very next thing he does is give them the Great Commission. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And here is sweet gospel for you and me too. The risen Christ who saved the disciples also forgave their unbelief and called them into his service. Christ transformed them from fear into bold witnesses. And that's what he does for us. The risen Christ comes to us, forgives us, and calls us. Be my witnesses. Take my gospel into this world. Be a blessing to others. The disciples went, and through them, God changed the world. Today, he calls us, his disciples, to join him in his mission, to not be afraid, but to believe and joyfully tell others this amazing truth. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, you gathered fearful, doubting disciples into your forgiveness and sent them in boldness as partners with you in your mission to spread the good news. Meet us this day in our doubts and fears, replacing them with trust in you, reliance on your Holy Spirit, and boldness to not only walk in your grace, but to join in your mission to spread the good news of life in your name. Amen. Let's sing together the hymn, Christ Has Arisen, Alleluia. Jesus, who is not here?
part each other, that is the message we carry into our days, and we can say, Alleluia. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow. Until then, the Almighty and Merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Amen.